Welcome to episode 91 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 91 of Iron Man Talk, and it's just myself, Bevan James Isles, here today. Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii for all your coffee needs, Athlinks for all your social engineering needs, and Tribuys. Remember, they've got the free online shipping at the moment. Today's show is one of the first of our interviews that we're going to chuck up for the next two weeks, and it's, we're going to do the Maca interview from Rote. Um, that was seems to be on the forum, the one that everyone seems to want to see the most. So I was going to chuck it on pretty much straight away. It's uh, the day after Christmas. It's Boxing Day in New Zealand, and it's about six in the morning. I was meant to go out running with Porno, and it's pouring down with rain. So I thought I'll get the show out here now. Sorry about the delay and it being late, but Christmas Day, to be honest, I had a lot on my plate. So you know, here's the interview with Mecca from Rote. Uh, enjoy. Last night I was pretty lucky because I got a chance to catch up with Chris McCormick. Um, Scott Davies, who came and did Epic Camp a while ago, basically said to me, oh, I'm staying with Chris, if you want to check up an interview, feel free. So yesterday morning I got to meet Chris, and uh, they had a breakfast. With, it was really quite cool, because they had all the pros there, and I, I imagine it was for some sponsorship people, but there was only around 30 people there, So, uh, and that's including the pros. So it was pretty cool, we got to kind of meet everybody. Uh, at the time, I asked Chris if I could jack up an interview, and he was really cool, and he said, yeah, come around tonight, mate, and uh, so I went around to his house last night, and uh, we just basically sat outside and talked about triathlon stuff. You'll notice there's lots of outside sounds. You hear the birds whistling, um, the dogs barking, and so it's kind of, there's lots of outside noise because we're sitting outside on the veranda, so just be aware of that, was, you know, can't really do much about that, plus... Um, where we were staying, Chris's family um, that were looking after him came out and did tea. So it's very casual. There's a couple of times where we stop and stuff. So persevere with it. It's not really that much of a problem, but just thought I'd let you know that's coming up. Um, was there anything else I need to add? I wrote a little note down here. No, that's pretty much it. So uh, get on. Here it is. Here's Chris McCormick. The guy is a bloody legend. Right, guys, so right next to me right now, I'm lucky enough to actually Scott from Epic Camp, uh, Scott Davies, actually sent me an email, he says, I'm, st- I'm camping out with Mecca when I'm in Rote, and I said, mate, you've got to hook me up, and so uh, Scott's been a legend, and I'm sitting next to Chris McCormick right now, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest, so I just thought I'd start the interview um, by saying, you've got Roof coming up this weekend, uh, well, I should actually do more of an intro, you've been around in the sport, how long have you been in the sport for? Oh, since uh, my first race was... Uh, November of uh, 1992. November so of 1992. 15 years. 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Wow. And you raced ITU? I grew up, yeah, I, I, I raced ITU until 2002. Yeah. And then uh, came across to Ironman. And, and did, you, did you kind of do a mixing period in between? Yeah, I was mixing around and like, I had this uh, this idea that I wanted to do. I didn't know whether I wanted to go to the Olympics or, or go to Hawaii. And I guess it was a little bit of arrogance in the sense I thought that I'd win Hawaii within the first one or two chances. Yeah. And I'd be able to, you know, sort of put that goal aside and then focus on. At the time, it was going to be Athens, but she's yeah. one year out from Beijing, and I still haven't won Hawaii, so I finally put the Olympic dream to bed. And so, because like I know there's all this Norman stuff at me, but I know apparently is this true that you were going to kind of do aim to do Beijing and not even do Hawaii this year? Yeah, well, in a perfect world, I would have won last Hawaii year. last year, yeah. and then um, 
a focus on on the Olympics. It's just after watching Hamish do so well yeah. in Athens at, at 35 years of age, um, it was it was inspiring. And Hamish is someone I really uh, I've raced since 1993, uh, and I really model not model, but I, I look at his results and, and assess what what I not what I can do. But yeah. we, we've had such great battles in the past on yeah. the short course, and he's a guy I admire and respect immensely. And I was so ecstatic that he won Athens, and I thought, yeah. you know what? That's just passion. He did that with pure heart and, yeah. uh, and desire, and I, I, I thought I want a piece of that. And uh, mm. so Beijing was something I definitely looked at. But after you know everything that happened in Kona last year, I guess yeah, so. as you get older, you're looking for motivation, and that, that'll keep me motivated for the next few years. Yeah, bring it on. So you got right coming out this weekend. Um, how are you feeling about the race? Yeah, looking forward to it. It's um, it's a it's a race I really enjoy. I think it's the the best triathlon event on the planet. Really? Period. Yeah, it's, it's, so why? it's phenomenal. Just the atmosphere of the race, the, the course is spectacular, the history of the event. You know, I'm very much a historian of the sport and I think it's fantastic that events like this have been around for 20 years and, yeah. and they should be supported because so many new races that don't have any history. And mm. Being a young sport, it's, it's imperative that we look after the events that have history because that's yeah. what, with history, gives you a sport. You know, Wimbledon's 100 years old. Yeah. If we keep changing venues and stuff on our sport, then we'll have no events to look back at in 20, 30 years' time. And yeah. uh, Roth is one of those events every... Every great triathlete in the history of our sports raced here, so it's a good measuring stick against the guys that have come in the past. It's the same course it has been for 20 years, and and uh, you know I just I think the spectators here are incredible. You you know there's hundreds of thousands of people that line the course, and they're all informed spectators as opposed to a couple of people wondering what the hell we're doing out there. And yeah. uh, it's exciting. It's it's uh, the town really gets behind it, and uh, the event is you'll, you'll see on Sunday. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Hey, um, you were, today we had a bit of a get together this morning, and you were talking, and you mentioned that rope was the reason you decided to do the sport. Do you want to share that with? Yeah, well, I, I or at least Ironman. Yeah, yeah, Ironman in particular. I came across to to Europe. I finished college in '95 and decided to turn professional in '96 as a triathlete to the the horror of my parents they, uh, they get not, a real job yeah, get a real job and uh, I came over in 96 raced for a French club and, and came back in 1997 to, to train out of France on the on the to do the World Cup circuit the ITU and and this race in in Rot was on and I thought man I've read about this race in the magazines as a kid I'm going to go up and watch it because we were doing an event the week later in Koblenz in Germany so okay. me and a good friend of mine came up here and it was the year the world record was broken and you know, Jürgen Zach, Thomas Hellregel, Luke Van Leer, um, Lothar Leder, just all got Paul so late, everybody was yeah. in that event and, and I watched it and I was, first and foremost, I was impressed with the crowd. I'd never seen anything like it. I was on the Solera Berg and I was a full-on tri-geek for the yeah. day yeah. and um, and I was absolutely impressed at how fast these guys rode a bike. The television never did it justice. Mm. And, and, and for the first time I looked at these guys you know, I was on the World Cup circuit and we had sticky tape on our sponsors. It was that really that period before the Sydney Olympics when the ITU had just got us into the Olympics and they were apprehensive about sponsorship and that. And here I am watching Jürgen Zach with a big beer sponsor over him. Yeah. And just, it just looked like a professional sport and I said, man, I want a piece of that. That's what I, that's what I want to do. So uh, here I am 10 years later. Do you think, in a way, that the transition's actually gone in between? That's right. Do you think the uh, we've got a bit of music on the background yeah. and we're dancing around? Do you think that, in a way, Iron Man's kind of dropped the ball a little bit in that way? I, I think it's becoming um, too common, you know. I, I, and I, I believe in the in that, you know, when I first came, what, what inspired me and what brought me to triathlon from a running background was the wow factor of the sport. You yeah. know, I used to, 
you know, you used to see it in the early 90s, especially in the 80s, when people would go, you do what? You swim how far? And you, yeah. and, and, and now it's, it's, it seems that we're losing that wow factor because people are just, uh, you know, you stand around the, the water cooler at work and people are like, I'm doing an Ironman on the weekend and you've got 25 people saying, well, I've done one of those. Yeah. You know, I think there's no... Um, the sense of achievement is sense of achievement anymore it's becoming very very common and, and they're making it very very easy to yeah. and I mean this in the, in the nicest, yeah, the yeah, nicest way like I, I think you know I've talked about it a lot with friends about that there should be a grading system in the Ironman or, a, or, or an ability to say okay you're a you're a gold medal finisher in the Ironman. That means you finish the Ironman in under 12 hours. Yep. You get a gold medal finisher's medal. Oh, nice. And then if you finish between 12 and 15 hours, you get a silver medals finisher. And, and that way it gives you ability to, to aspire to something else because it, it just seems that when people do an Ironman, it's very difficult to take time away from your family and that, especially people who are working. And yeah. if you've done one, then you've done it. So I think... Um, if you had something else to aspire to, if you say, well, I'm a gold medal Ironman finisher, yeah. and someone who's a silver medal finisher... And then there's well, more than just Hawaii. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you'd, get, you'd, get, um, you'd get people aspiring to get that gold medal Ironman finisher, which might get them to do five or six Ironman, because I, I think you look at the shelf life of many triathletes, and I know this because I own retail shops in Australia, they tend to come in all enthusiastic. Yep. That tends to last for three years, and they're gone. Yeah. You know, there's this small core group of people that have been around the sport for a while, yeah. but... Most of the people you see come in very, very heavy, and then they go out just as quickly. And, and, and I think it's it's retaining the people that have done the sport that will be imperative to the success of the sport in the long run. As, as a top pro, you're, like, you're you know, pretty much one of the biggest ones in the game. Um, we, when John and I were on the show last week, and we were talking about how the ITU's got a $200,000 yeah. winner's purse. Yeah, it was on last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like huge money. Ironman doesn't seem to be matching that. Do you think that's hurting the sport? I think it's... Um, I think the ITU do have, have done a wonderful job in securing a, a sponsor in BG, the British yep. um, oil gas company. And yep. uh, I think the dilemma with um, the WTC is they're a profit-driven organisation. Yeah. And, uh, and whenever you're profit-driven, the profits... Is the key. Yeah, it's yeah. the key. Where the ITU is is, uh, is an Olympic-driven, it's driven by the Olympics. So when the sponsorship dollars come in, mm. the money is distributed to the athletes who drive the, yep. who drive the whole mechanism. Where in the WTC, they're all about saving dollars for themselves, which private enterprise with competition yep. increases efficiency and the events are, are spectacularly run. But I think there's been no upcry by the, by the, by the athletes in the sport to yeah. say, hey, we should be getting more money. I, th- I think Ironman Hawaii should have a million dollars prize money minimum. Yeah. It, it sparks interest from people who don't do our sport. Well, it's one you of know? the world events, isn't it's it? It's one of the world events. Yeah. And, and it, it's 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 funny that people who have never watched an Ironman turn it on and they go, wow, they did all that. What did they get paid? A hundred grand? Is that it? Yeah. You know these. And it's the big one, isn't it? That's, that's the, big, that's the biggest grand. one. People people say that to me. Yeah, you get only ten thousand dollars for winning that. Like, yeah. what, what do you buy? There's no. I remember the first time in golf, watching the million dollar, the first. I've forgotten the guy's name who had that putt. Was that? He was putting for a million dollars. It was the first time in history of golf. It was in the late eighties. Yep. That a guy was putting for a million dollars, and the whole world stopped for it. You yeah, know? like, yeah. And it, I was not, I wasn't even a golfer. Yeah. It brought interest because you're like, man, this guy makes his shot. It's a million dollars, yeah. and it should be the same. And same in all sports, that money at that end, and at the professional end, it encourages interest. I watched the World Series poker on television because I'm like, yeah, they get seven. <laughs> I don't play poker, but I think it sparks an interest because it's something that people yeah. who don't do our sport can relate to. They're yeah. like, wow. Because yeah. one, one thing we were bring up as well is that for the young, up-and-coming, really good triathletes is that um, they're going to stay off ITU. Totally. You know, we're not, we're, you know, like you, you know, you and a few other guys, but we're not going to get many up-and-coming guys coming through because 
Where's the appeal? Totally, and it, it's it's especially when you've got races like two hundred thousand. Oh, you've, you've got a lot of there's another one in Qatar coming up, and 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 Les McDonald gets a hard time, you know, yep. and they they give him a hard time. But I I have no animosity to my short course career. A lot of people say, oh, when you left short course, you're angry that you left. I yep. have none, and I have only fond memories of the ITU and yep. and everything. And I think Les McDonald's doing an incredible mm. job to get our sport in the Olympics. Is phenomenal. Yep. Um, I think what some of the federations are doing around the world to control their athletes to keep them in the in that is 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 wrong. But I think where the sport's headed with Les is phenomenal, and mm. I think the WTC needs to jump on board that and, and, and say, okay, we need to change the packaging of the of the TV. We need to create champions. Yeah. We need to yeah. Create Every heroes. sport needs to start. You need they? stars. Yeah. It's a Tiger Wood effect and, and Michael and Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. and you need. A depth of champions. You need you need to focus on the guy who's coming yep. ninth because yep. he could be the next one. Like yeah. you don't, they just focus on first or second, and and this guy came third. And, and by the way, yeah. Mary Jo finished in fourth. She's got five kids, and yeah. she's an, you know it's they're great feel good stories. But yeah. For me, as a young guy, I was inspired by Mark Allen, Dave Scott, these yeah. s- superstars. And if you want to inspire youth, it's not inspired by. They can't relate to a a forty five year old lady with four kids yeah. at twenty years of yeah. age, yeah. And, and and they can relate to a million dollar superstar, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's how you're going to encourage new, younger people, the stars of the future, to enter the sport. Inspire what? them. One thing that uh, Felix has put on this weekend is to, is to if you beat the world record, um, which is 750, which is just phenomenal when you think of it. Yeah. Um, although you're not far off it, so if you beat the record, you, you get a hundred thousand. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Um, what's your what's your idea on the record? You like that? I think it's it's phenomenal. I think we should focus on records more. I think records is the only measuring stick of of, of a performance on the on the same course. And yep. and in in the world record in our sport, we don't talk about it enough. It's the fastest time anyone's ever done an Ironman. And, and I bet you, if you ask half the pros in the world, what's the world record? Off the top of their head, they wouldn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. And it's something I guess coming from an athlete athletics background, the that whole sport is driven off world records, hundred meters. What how far are you from the world record? The fifteenth. Everyone's looking for world records, and and I think um, it's imperative that we focus on this more. We focus on on records, and and the world record is it's been held for ten years now. If sport loses its appeal, I think if imagine the hundred meter world record wasn't broken for forty years, yeah. people would be like, what what's wrong with the yeah. you know it needs yeah you need they're there to be broken and it shows and performance increasing it shows doesn't performance it? increasing yeah. it shows it shows depth in the sport it shows uh, an evolution of the sport. And uh, and I think you know I've, I'm working as a little bit of an ambassador for this event in Roth, and I've I've said to Felix and, and the team here at Challenge, let's bring your strength is you're the fastest course in the world, yep. you've got the the greatest event in the world, you, you you've had every single one of the world's best athletes racing your course. It's the same course as it has been for 20 years. Yep. Put some money up for the world record and say, okay, guys, anyone who wants to come and break the world record, there's a hundred thousand. I said, build that up to five hundred thousand. Yep. I said, they will come, Felix, inspire them, tell them, and people will start to scratch their head and go, you know what, I, I think I'm half a shot at that. Yeah. And that will bring the people. You don't need to keep butting heads with Frankfurt and butting heads with these other events. Yeah. You are the best event in the world. Believe you are the best event in the mm. world and start doing things that the other events don't do, and they will come. It's like yeah. that movie. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. And, and, Dream, feel and, dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and $100,000 is just a start. I'd, I'd like to see that, that go up and up and, and, and really reward People Great. for yeah, yeah, because that world record is seven fifty twenty seven. That is just ridiculous. When you write that down on paper, how fast that is. Yeah. And anyone who does that deserves a million bucks in, yeah. in my books. One thing I asked you this morning, and it kind of threw you a little bit. I think, is I asked you um, at the end of your career, 
would you prefer to have won Hawaii or have the world record? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I said if I could break the world record in Hawaii, that would be <laughs> I, I, I've had more time to think about that. I think just with everything that's happened, and, and, and I, I think Hawaii would be the, the most important for me yeah. now. I, yeah. I never thought it's the one event in, in my career that has taken the longest to, to conquer and it's become a little bit of a uh, project. Mm. You know, I, I honestly... Again, without trying to sound arrogant, I thought I would win Hawaii within the first two or three years of doing it, and then I wouldn't have to do it. I, didn't, I never thought in my life that I'd still be doing Ironman now. I thought, yeah. first go, I win Hawaii, if not the first, definitely the second. And when I went to Hawaii the first time, I remember being 12 and a half minutes in, in the lead off, yeah. off after the bike, and I was running out, high-fiving my father, going, yeah. Mine. this is in the back, you know? Like, <laughs> these guys are kidding themselves. I thought they were... And then I remember at 10 miles when I cramped up and fell apart, still in my head, whether it was arrogance or sheer, you know, I guess it's arrogance, sheer ego, I remember pulling out thinking, man, I, I didn't get my nutrition right, next year I'm going to kick all your yeah. guys' ass, I'm just going to go home early, I've had a good season, and yeah. next year you're dead. Yeah. And I think I disrespected the enormity of Ironman in the sense that a lot of short course guys do, yeah. because it's such an, short course is such an aggressive racing tactic, where Ironman is much more of a patience game, and, and I think... Hawaii, because it's it's been such an Achilles heel in my career. Yep. It's 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 become much more important because so many people doubt, and I love to yep. set the doubters straight. And I believe I can win. That's that's the most important. It was the one thing I really admire about you. I was watching you this morning, just when you talk. You seem to have this ability. You seem to to me, just from someone who doesn't know you, looking at you, that you have this. You love the challenge. Yeah, I do. You know, like you don't you don't you don't back down and. Is that, so is that just something your personality, or what is I think that? It's, well, I, I think that comes from, and I think the Americans misconstrue that as arrogance. And yeah. I'm the most. No, you don't. You don't come across arrogant. You're confident, but well, I'm, I'm a person. Everyone's looking for their their way to to, to get the best out of themselves. And yep. I guess I, I grew up. My parents, and in particular my mother, who was who was very much about chasing your dreams, and if you're going to do something, do it properly and believe in yourself. Yeah. And. You know, and I've always, when I came across the Ironman, the big shock from the Americans was that, you know, I arrived in Hawaii and they're like, how do you think you'll go? I said, oh, mate, I'm, I think I'll win. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked at me like, how dare you say yeah. that you think you're going to win? Like, yeah. show a bit of respect. And as I tell them, I have the utmost respect for this sport. I have mm. the utmost respect for the champions before me. But I didn't train 15 weeks of my life flogging myself to death up and down to turn, up. to turn up and hope that I do well mm-hmm. man it's personal to me it's time away from my family it's it's I'd rather be surfing for 15 weeks to be quite honest with you you, <laughs> you flog your body and every athlete does to win and anyone who's turning up and doesn't think they can win like what are you turning up for yeah you know and that's I've, I've always always been that and I like to put the pressure out there I'm not scared to say I want to win because but you must experience I'm, doubt Oh, everybody experiences doubt. Yeah, and so do you but, have strategies? But, like, yeah, but I think by my my I am run sheerly on paranoia. Yeah, I, I love to put that pressure on myself and 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 say, okay, I expect um I expect Hi, to. Oh, we're doing. I expect to um I expect to win, and 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 that way I, when I'm in the race, there's there's that that oh man, what if I don't? Like, yeah. you, you definitely have that thing, but I. I've had to live with those failures as well. Like people are like, oh, he's so arrogant. But a lot of times I've said I'm going to win and I've failed in Hawaii and, yeah. and I've had to live with it. Yeah. But it's it's my personal war. It's not, it's it's nobody else's. I, I yeah. just, I just, I think I, I attribute that all to my mother because she always said to me, if you're going to do something, believe you can do it. 
chase your dreams and it's a dream and winning Hawaii and winning events and being the best I can be is my dream and it's not wrong to for that dream to be as big as I want it to be and I want to, I want to be the best triathlete in the world yeah. for a certain period of time yep. and, and it's my time to shine and, and that means destroying everybody who gets in my way then that's what I intend to do so at the end of your career um, when you look back how would you like to think you've been I know I, it's not the end but you know like, how would you like to think you'd be perceived as an athlete um I, I like to be, think I'd be perceived as a guy who, who no matter what race it was gave a hundred percent because it's it's funny as I've got older I, I never used to think about this but when I've had my two girls and my children I, I look at them and I think I always ask myself that question how are you guys going to look back on this yep. you know like at the moment it's nothing but I wonder if in 10 years I'll even give a crap yeah but I always, are funny. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, if they're going to look at this and go geez and I always wonder what they'll think and I, I always think I just want them to look at the way I raced I raced with honour and integrity I was I, I played fair all the time and I was brave enough to chase mm. to chase the dream and that's what I'll encourage my kids if you I don't care whether you want to be an actress, whatever. Have the courage to, to chase because 99% of people don't have the courage. They'll sit there on the chat sites and on their armchair and criticise the person who does. Yeah. I call them cowards. Yeah. I think the brave ones are the ones that put the foots forward and say, you know what, I want to be the best triathlete in the world. That's takes courage. And, yeah, man, and, and, I totally respect that. you know what yeah. I mean? Because and, 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 it's putting and yourself out there and that's, that's a risk. And, 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 and you aspire to do that and you take you do what you need to do and you do what you have to do to achieve that goal. And if you do it 100%, anything's possible. And mm-hmm. I'll be saying that to my children. If, I'm, if I go ahead and, and tick a Y off my list, I'll have achieved everything I ever wanted to achieve out of this sport and I'll be able to show mm-hmm. them the list I wrote out when I was in 1992 of the events I wanted to win. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them will be ticked off and I'll say, look, kids, to my two girls... I dreamed of that 20 years before it happened and, it, and I made it happen and, and you girls can do anything you want to do. And, and I, that's what I'd like to be remembered as, a guy who gave 100% and never gave up on and never stopped believing that yeah, they could... They could you are kind of coming towards the later part of your career. Do you, yeah. do you actually start to think of the afterlife? A lot of the time. Yeah. yeah a lot of the time I, I think of what am I going to do after the sport and, and I've had retail shops and I've had a, a lot of things and you know, I talk to my wife about that a lot but I think... I think this sport is strong enough in the... Strong enough in... Yeah, well, they're, offering me, they're offering me food, so I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, can't we? Food, yeah, yeah. Food, yes. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, I think the sport, if, if, if I can see it, I think the sport should be able to sustain athletes past their career in, in coaching positions. And that's why I'm so passionate about building the sport, yeah. because I think the sport has so much to offer. And if it's... If it's run the right way and, and, and sent in the right direction, there's a lot of opportunities for people like myself and, oh, yeah. and other people to, to have a longevity in the yep. sport well after their racing career and helping others aspire. Look at look at people like Sebastian Cohen running and, and Steve Ovette. These guys yep. have, have been involved in athletics their whole career and yep. have worked in their life. And, you um on the training side of things. One thing you you, you the term you were using people were cheating today, but not in a bad way. That um you've just been to Colorado and yes. you've been using altitude. Oh, and yeah. uh, tell us what you think about it. Oh, altitude is just uh, I accessed it in 1996 as a short course athlete, and it's very very different than um than when you access it as a long course guy, and the demands are purely aerobic. And I went up there for a month, and and the, the three races I've done at sea level is just ridiculous how. Yeah, especially in the areas where you, you they tend to come along slowest. Like my, my swim is definitely the the last of my three disciplines to when I'm when yeah. I'm coming into form. That's the last one that ever comes through, and 
just the ease at which which you can do this at, at sea level is ridiculous and and i've my speed's come up my my aerobic engine's much stronger and i i'm really looking forward to doing my hawaii block there i think you know when i left hawaii last year i said how can i find 71 seconds what are things i'm not doing yeah and attitude was definitely one thing i looked at and it's Incredible the the difference. I'm very You're saying very, you did what at 112 last one, weekend? 112 around a 72 for the for the half off the bike. And you're you cruising, you reckon? Cruising. I shut shut it down. I couldn't believe, and and I knew I was running fast. That was the beauty. You, you yeah. know, I knew I was travelling very very quickly. Well, it's funny because we were yeah. commenting at the time. We were saying, well, surely Mecca was you know you wouldn't be smacking yourself too much just close to road. And, yeah. Uh, but and you were doing amazing time. It was amazing. Just, I couldn't I couldn't believe how comfortable I ran it. And 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 you look at the the times you know there was waldo there there was you know young luke mckenzie and oscar galindez and yeah. some solid guys they're running high 78 79s yeah. oscar ran in the 80s and here boom 72 i was like geez and then i always look at the women's times to see you know you're always apprehensive about the the distances of the course but yeah. i can only go off what the other guys have done and, and where my times relate to them in in the past and 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 i knew i was traveling quick and it felt easy doing it and i'm, I'm convinced that that attitude, whether it's placebo or yeah, whatever, it, it, it works. It's cheating. <laughs> so, so what in your career, what have been the key training things that have made you get to the level you're at now? I think um, I've, I've, I've had one, a guy I've worked with since, since day one who's not, he, he was involved in triathlon in the beginning, never as a professional, more as, a, but as, a, as an amateur, but he used to work in the media side of things in Australia. Yeah. And he's the the vainest. He doesn't mind me saying he's probably the vainest individual I've ever met in my life. He's got a, he's, he's in his late forties. He, he looks amazing, yeah. and and he looks amazing because he is so vain. He's, yeah. he's vain. <laughs> so because of that, I think he um he I, I trust his opinion on things so much because he's read and studied so much about the body, yep. so much about <clears throat> aging and and how to look after a body. And and triathletes have this immense tendency to to more is better philosophy and, and kill themselves and measure themselves purely from a mileage perspective how much have i done yeah how yeah. much have i done and, and 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 mick comes at things from a completely different sphere he's more holistic in the approach that he understands mileage and, and training totally but he also looks at things from another angle and he works with myself Stuart o'grady um sunny bill williams some of the yep. best sports people yep. in australia and he, he's fantastic and i've worked with mick since I started the sport, him and, and my running coach Helen McGuckin, and um, things have never changed. And we've learnt and we've learnt the sport together. And I think the greatest thing for me is that I've been able to adapt my training processes myself, as opposed to relying on someone else to say you need to do this. So yeah. I've been very, very happy and confident in knowing what I know, what I need to do to get the best out of myself. And and Mick and and, and Helen are two people I sit down with every year, and we go through a season. And and there's no crap with them yep. I'll be straight out honest I think you did this wrong and I think there's no oh you're the big superstar I yep. need to, yep. to pimper you yeah, yeah, yeah. Pimper, they brutally honest brutally brutally honest and then my my third Hawaii attempt when I failed I came back and and I was very very confident the first time in my career I was lost personally because at the end of the day I make the ultimate decision I was, yeah. and I sat down in Australia got back from Hawaii Mick opens a beer boom Okay, talk me through it, kid, what happened out there. Yeah. And I poured it all out, thought he'd be all sympathetic, and he said, mate, what did I tell you in July? You were too skinny. 
I told you all these things. You were too skinny. You're, you're aging. You hadn't done the mileage in April. These are things, and that's why. You've, and I said, I'm not. It's not. A, told you so. Yeah. What did I tell you in July? You will falter on the run in a while. You're too skinny, and you laughed at me. And I looked at him, and, and it, you know, the first thing you're like, everyone else is being, oh, it's all right. Yeah. Right. Next year. Yeah, next yeah. year you'll be good. And I was like, you know what, Mick? I needed to hear that, and that's what I respect about him. There's no. He's like, well, what are you going to do about it next year? So yep. it's no, he, he got his opinion across. Yep. What and then what's best about, for you? What's best for you? And there's mm. no ego. He's, and, and he talks about the aging body. And I'm in my 30s. Yep. And, and as he said, I was, because he's so vain, he's always pushing weights. And, 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 <laughs> and he talks about his strongest years were in his 30s. He uh-huh. was definitely at the most strongest, but he was, the body's more fragile. It can, it can injure a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So you need to nurse it and look after it a lot more than you ever have in your 20s. You can cut corners in your 20s. You yeah. miss massages. Yeah. You don't need to stretch. You don't need to do core work. Things that pussies do when they're in their 20s. Yeah. But in the 30s, these become the most important parts of your training regime. And, and he showed me a lot of that, especially bringing flexibility in the equation and, and developing strength early in the season with with good hill work and good... Yep. Which will sustain you through your through your latter stage, and, and I, I I believe him wholeheartedly, and that's that's the key to success in any relationship is a full on belief and trust in in your support network, and I think that's why I've been successful because I've never ever had doubt in the people that I've worked with. Do you do you spend much time still focusing on your technique? I do now, yes. It, yep. it, it, Mick, it was funny when it, we he came to Europe with me when I was just after I won the world championships in when I was twenty four years of age. And he used to be drilling me with these things, flexibility technique. Yep. And when you're in your 20s, you're like, mate, Whatever. I just want to train harder, yep. you know? Like, I want to be... And it's funny how we've evolved because he, he's always drilled me on it. So he used, to, he used to drag me down and make me do my run technique, my run drills, my swim drills, my, my bike drills, my power efforts, all these things that were... I used to think were an absolute waste of time. Yep. And correct my bike, correct my pedaling technique, always correcting my pedaling technique. But I've never had an injury in my life, touch wood. Never, yeah. in my whole career. And and only a year and a half ago, Mick actually said to me, have you ever asked yourself why you've never had an injury? Like, mm, ever, the moment and everything. So yeah, good, he's yeah. like, have you ever thought maybe you've been doing the right thing for a long period of time and and you're continually adapting and, and doing the right little things? And, and I was like, you know what, Mick, you're right. Like, he's always, had I been left to my own devices without his influence... I probably would never have stretched. I yeah. would never have had the protein shake at the end of a training session. I yeah. would never ha- have done the little things that I think have added up over the years to enable uh, which, 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 like The fact you haven't had an injury is pretty amazing because you smash it. Yeah, you totally. work hard every day totally. out in your body. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I attribute a lot of that to the knowledge and, and, and the influence that Mick has had on um, just continually reminding me in the right way. He, he knows me so well. We're... we're the closest of friends yeah he knows me so well he knows how to say things yeah. and he knows when to say and it works to a T and I think um, I think he's, he's I look back now as I'm aging I think man you know what I'm just glad I I wasn't that young arrogant snotty little I'm too cool for school kid yeah. I was world champion and yeah, I could have thought, yeah, yeah. thought you know you don't know crap you, you never did this sport you don't yeah. and I listen to you mate because yeah biomechanically every time I go to to you know, biomechanical things with the AIS and that. They're yep. like, geez, your, your body's in good shape. And I think, yeah, well, geez, you're flexible. Geez, you're... Yep. And for a guy who's 34 this year, it's 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 been a, a godsend. You, 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 you've, I've heard you often talk about how passionate you are about the sport, you know, and you've, yeah. you've just passion to the max. And I just, like, one thing I love talking about with like guys like Scott Molina and the guys I've met who I've been fortunate enough to meet is 
some of the things you've loved about the sport not involving you. Yes. And maybe just if you want to share some of those things. Or? Oh yeah, I um, I think my passion, I think passion the word. And when you think of as a young kid, and you think back to when you were young, you get inspired by something, something yeah. you look at and think that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. For some yeah. people, it's watching. A you know what? This sir. morning when I was looking at you and you were talking, you the idea, the spark in your eyes when they talked about the um going for the record. And you know, I yeah, just, yeah. You know, for yeah, me that was totally. really inspirational. Well, I, I, was I, I, like, go, you go back to the period when you saw it. So yeah. it's, it's it's not a it's real. Yeah. So you saw, and and for me, first thing that ever inspired me was an why I wanted to become an, a sports person get involved in sport was the Los Angeles Olympics yep. I was 10 years of age and I watched that guy fly into that Olympic stadium with, oh, the, no. with the thing and I just was sitting there in absolute awe yep. you know just going this is the greatest this is sport you know yeah. like, this is, and I sat for 16 days as a 10 year old kid glued to the television yep. and I remember that to this day 24 years later yep. just how inspiring Olympics was and sports people and mm. that's when I at that point, said I want to do sport. I never yeah. thought I'd make a prof- be a professional sports yeah. person. I never, and and, and anyway, and, and I guess I, I I used to always surf as a kid, but I guess that Olympics, I thought you know what, at the time Robert De Costello was an Australian marathon runner, the best in the world, and our whole country was was set around Deke, and and he was the one who made me think you know what I wouldn't mind running. I want to be like Deke. Yeah. So he was, you know, and that's why I was saying you need stars because youth is inspired by yeah. things they can relate to mm. and you're taking this they're, they're destroying that they're taking it out they're saying hey we don't keep score anymore yeah. um, we don't no one, everyone's a winner yeah. kids, participation right? participation <laughs> and, and, and I understand that to, to a, a point, point yeah. but kids aren't stupid they see Ian Thorpe on television with the gold medal they see the guy the foot, they follow their football team and see them they beat the other team they know, yeah. what, they know what winning is mm. and it's not bad to win don't punish the kid who wants to win. That's what I think the drive is towards mediocrity. The winner, the kid who wins, has been punished for winning. Let's yeah. support, and it's wrong. Yeah. And I think you need to inspire kids, and 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 I was inspired, obviously by the Olympics, and then turning on the the first triathlon I ever watched in my life was on the ABC in 1991. I watched Miles Stewart win the world championships, and I know Miles very well now. But at the time, I flicked it on. I was like, oh, there's a guy in Australian jersey. Running with an American guy, Mike yeah. Pig, and a Kiwi guy, Rick yeah. Wells, and a, and I was just go Aussie. I didn't even know who this guy was. <laughs> I was going, and I watched the whole thing. I went, geez, that was bloody cool. Yeah. And I could relate because I'd run, and I could relate because I'd ridden a bike to school, yeah. and I could relate because I can swim. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of our sport and the strength of our sport is everybody can relate to it in some sense because everyone's ridden the bike, everyone's mm. running sometimes, everyone's swam. And then, obviously, the Hawaiian Ironman and those events came on television, and 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 superstars like Mark Mark Allen really really I looked at this guy and just was super impressed and and um, you know not so much Dave Scott who it's funny that's who Michael Mike the guy I work with a lot that's his sporting idol oh, is really? Dave and, and I'm Mark so it's good that we come from things from two different angles yeah. and uh, watching Mark really got me interested in, in Iron Man just the whole story and if you look at those old coverages in the 80s and the early 90s they focused on the race yep you know, there were definitely stories. Yeah, there was, yeah. There was def- but they focused on first to seventh. Like I could tell you, there was. You know, yeah. You watch those old yep. coverages, Mark and Dave and Welshie and yep. and all these people and Paulie Cure and Jürgen Zach and and uh, they were they were incredible sports stars. And I think the fact that Greg Welsh came from the same town as I as I do in, in Australia, and he used to come back from the Hawaiian Ironman in '91 and '92, and we used to run in the same. Club. Oh wow! I was to watch this guy on telly, and suddenly he was a person yeah. who was real, like a touch and feel. 
that was when I think the transition was this is possible. You can you can do it because I think when you're watching television a lot, it, yeah. it's still be, it's still quite unreal. But when mm. the guy comes there and standing in your and you're running with him, it becomes very very real. And and uh, that was when I thought this is a sport for me, mate. I want to I want to do this stuff and and I don't want to be good at it. What about what about competitors? Who who are the competitors you admire the most? I think uh, when I look back at my career, uh, the the guy I've had the most wars with will be. Uh, oh, sorry. Okay, okay. Oh, can pause. <laughs> we can pause. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So we we're just talking too much, and I thought we better put the recorder on. I'm yeah. gonna just I'm talking oh. now. We're on. But um, we stopped for dinner at Sensation. Yeah. We had a good feed. What was it? But chicken with onions yeah, and some German dish. What, what's, the, what's the owner of the house name? Susie and Jack. Susie and Jack. They could put on a feed. I was well impressed. They said, "Do you want to stay for dinner?" I was like, "Bring it on!" But anyway, before we kind of um, hit stop for dinner, I asked you. Oh, because we need ice cream, so we've got to kind of wrap this up in some time. But um, I asked you the competitors you most respected. Oh yes, yes, yeah. right. I think um, when I look back at my career, that and the guys that I've respected the most, um, and I think it's because of the guys I've had the most. Tough battles with Hamish Carter is the first. So why? Tell, give me some detail on why, why Just, you were um, I, I first saw Hamish, I was a junior in 1993 in Manchester, and um, and I watched, it was a year Spencer Smith won the ITU World Championships and on drafting, and Hamish Carter was this kid from New Zealand who I'd seen four months earlier come to Australia, and I, you know, all we knew about was Brad Bevan and, and Greg Welsh, and he just did an absolute number on everybody up at a race at the Isle of Pines on the Gold Coast, very, very hilly. And uh, I remember his interview on television, he said it was very much like the hills out the back of Auckland that he trained on. He, he smashed the field apart, and I, I just got into the sport. So the guys he just blew to smithereens were the guys I thought were the, the best in the guns. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking, who's this kid? And uh, he was only two and a half years older than me, so I used to think, shit, you know, this guy's incredible. Then I went to Manchester as a junior and, and, and watched him come along and finish third place behind Spencer Smith and Simon Lessing. And and then, you know, obviously a few years later, I, my first World Cup, he beat me by a couple of a sprint finish. And, and then World Championships, I beat him by yeah. a, basically a sprint finish. And in Good World Games, I beat him by a sprint And so many of the World Cups that he's won, I was second in. And, yeah. and the ones I've won, he's second in. So I go through my, my photo albums at home, and I'm like, geez, there's Hamish. And so I've had so many battles with him that he's definitely... I couldn't have been happier for a guy who won... In Athens, I don't think there was a, a more deserving champion than him. He just, I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm an Aussie, even I got a bit of Kiwi blood, but I was absolutely jumping around yeah. with joy when he won that race. I just think he paid his dues and deserved yep. that title, yeah. and he deserves to be Olympic champion because he, his career is just incredible. Nice. Um, Craig Walton is one of the young guys. Well, he's younger than me, but and it's funny having Hamish Shoulder and Craig younger. He he sort of came along, Waldo. He was just dynamite, you really? know, like in, the best swimmer in the sport and uh, incredible biker and incredible competitor. And I had a lot of a lot of huge battles with him, and uh, he's a guy I respect. And obviously Simon Lessing, um, you know, he was a guy I just thought was invincible. Because he, he was amazing, wasn't he? In the this... greatest I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, yeah. The, so why was he so great? He never had a, a weakness. He was the most incredible competitor. He, he hated like no one else I've ever met. He, he was rude, arrogant yeah. in every way, and he very much, very, very intimidating character. Yeah. And um, and, it, and Hamish, any of the guys who have raced him back in, in the 90s, he was... Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Never... You looked at this guy and you just could not work out how to beat him. He, wow. could, he could swim with the best swimmers. He was one of the top three bikers, and yeah. no one could match him on the run. Yeah. And um, 
and he just never had a weakness, never had a flaw, and, and he made sure you knew it. And he had an incredible tendency to, if you became a, a threat, he really treated you like dirt. Oh, really? And, and really tried to intimidate. He was very much... He was a, he Played was, the game. Played the game very, very professional. I learned a lot from... In, in a sense, I look back, I learned a lot from the way he handled himself in, in the sport, and I, I took a lot from that because when I beat him in the, to win my world title, I thought I, the following year in 1998... You know, I'm the world champion, I'm two years in the game, and I thought with the world title came intimidation. Yeah. You know, you'd be able to sit at the press conference and people would be scared. Yeah. And I used to sit there and try and talk big, and, and the absolute confidence of Simon Lessing, who would just sit there, look at me in the eye and go, yeah, I'm, I'll bring it tomorrow, yeah, I'm ready. And it scared me to death. Oh, and that, really? that's where, I, when I realised the, the importance of belief, this guy yeah. was not in any way intimidated by my world title and I've, I've said that a lot since that a world champion a world title doesn't make you a champion yeah. you know there's more to it and uh, there's a lot of athletes out there who have got world titles and have never gone on to do anything else it's yep. just because it's it doesn't, good race. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. bring intimidation and, and intimidation comes from, from self-belief and, and a career and, and longevity and the ability to to, to put a season together year after year builds mm. confidence and, and, and trust in yourself and Simon had that he was phenomenal and um I think they're the, the main yeah. three guys from... And uh, it's funny because I think... I talk about the short course guys as my most fiercest competitors, yet I've been, at the end of this year, I'll have been an Ironman athlete for as long as I was a short course athlete. That was the, for my wife told me that earlier this year. Wow. Yeah. It's like, you reckon? She said, <laughs> you started in 96 and really uh, you did your first Ironman in, in 02, so you were, you were six years as a, as yeah. a short course and this in, at the end of this year will be 2008. I'll be yeah. six years as an Ironman, so it'll be... I was thinking, far out has it been? Geez, that went quick. So, so you've got the Sander thing, obviously, but do you have any other Ironman people who... Well, yeah, I, um, I guess, you know, Norman and, Norman and Farris are two, two guys that, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've always had an issue with Norman. It's funny, Norman and I, my issue didn't stem from Hawaii. We've always had an issue with each other since Junior Worlds in 93. I didn't even oh, really? know Norman Stadler back then and Brian Rhodes was there to back this story up. Oh, there, was a young, yeah, there was a young uh, German girl... The, oh, it's all about the girls. It was an, at the after party in Manchester in this nightclub, yeah. and I was, and I'll never forget it. I, 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 didn't, and I was chasing after this German girl, and Norman Stadler, who I didn't know from a bar of soap, you know, it was my fourth triathlon. Yeah. He came over, and and he, he sort of said a few words to me, and we sort of pushy shove And Brian Rhodes, it's when I met Brian, backed me. I didn't even know this guy, oh. and he's like, "Yeah, you're an idiot," and rack off. And Norman went away, and I think. That animosity, because we've bumped yep. into each other yep. all through our short course career, and he couldn't do short course to save his life because he couldn't swim. Yeah. But um, So I never used to rate him. I used to think, you're a goose. And, and back when I was doing short course, and I think a lot of short course people make this mistake, and, and, and only after doing Ironman do I realise it, you disrespect the Ironman as an event. I used to think the Ironman was for people who couldn't crack it in the big league, yep. which was the short, course, short yep. course. And it always tended to be the guys that were hopeless at short course Went to Ironman, so yep. I used to think, wait until we go to Ironman, you are all dead. And, um, you know, you only got to run four minutes a K, and that's 248 marathon, that's yep. a breeze. And it's, it's, it was definitely a, a learning curve for me. It was much more difficult than yep. I thought. And then when I came across, Norman and I started to race each other a lot more. And, yep. and there's always been that little, you know, we never hated each other like we, I don't think we hate each other yeah, now. But the, the we, we, never, we never sent each other Christmas cards, and then yep. it blew up last year. So Norman and Farris in the Ironman are the two guys that I want to smash more than anybody, and that's just for personal reasons. And just, anyone else, like, did Peter push you in, in his day? Or? Well, I think a lot of the guys, um, Peter Reid and, and that, in the beginning, I think I rubbed them the wrong way and, and 
probably rightfully so because I came in and, and yep, just okay. expected so much yep. from myself. So there was a few things they said when I first came along and, and I, I wore them as, as I wear them fairly. You know, I said, I'm going to kick your ass and they... Yep. They hammered me, and they happily said in the press, "Well, where are you? You didn't kick my ass." And, I, and I'm happy to wear them, and I have no animosity towards them at all. But I um, definitely, um, no, you know, I mean, I haven't had any, and that's what I was looking for. I think when to, to keep to keep longevity in a career, or to keep you motivated and keep you pushing, because it's such so difficult on the body. You need motivation, and 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 I was taught, like we said before, I was looking at going to to Beijing as as yeah, a, a, looking, thing. a thing as, and I was. I have got no animosity towards any of the athletes I'm racing in, in short course. I yep. know them all, but there's no yep. there's no hatred or there's no... Nothing that drives you. drives you, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I wouldn't mind going to Beijing. It'd be nice and yep. you know, I get a nice it's track It's a good suit. goal. It's yeah. a good goal. Maybe, <laughs> that, nice maybe that'll keep me motivated, but yep. I think the greatest thing that ever happened for me for the next for the five years of my career was the two German guys attacking me last year in yep. Hawaii because I was like, anybody who knows me is just... Like, you've just done the stupidest thing, because that is, boom, driving force for the next five years, because yeah. I just want to say, ha, I told you so. Yeah. Like, now, at the end of five years, hopefully, and I don't, I don't hope, I think it will be, I'll be able to sit down with Norman Farris and go, why don't you bite your words now, mate, look yeah. at the scoreboard. Bring it on. You know? <laughs> hey, um, just, I was just thinking, on the girl side of things, Natasha Batman took out the, broke the record, and uh, was it Eagle Man for the half? Yes, yeah, yes. What do you think of her? I actually in '97 I, I trained with her and yeah. um, we had the same agent at the time, uh, a Swiss guy, and um, they they brought me into Zoffingen and, and we stayed in Zoffingen and trained a lot with her. She's yeah. a phenomenally disciplined. Yeah. Because um, she's, she's you know like I was saying on the show last week how I feel she's probably the triathlete of the last ten years. You yeah. Know, or at least an Ironman. She's yeah. incredibly, incredibly, incredibly disciplined. I've never seen discipline. Really. You know, I, I, it's funny the two. Two, I've lived with two women who were very, very successful. McKeeley Jones, I yep. spent all of 99, all of 2000 living with them. And Natasha Babman's the other one I've spent a lot of time with earlier in my career. When I didn't really understand Ironman, yep. I've never seen discipline really? like both those girls. They're just, um, they, deserve, they deserve the results they get because yep. there is nothing else in their life except, really? except just that sport. And, that's, and, and their discipline and their focus is, is incredible. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. It's... Uh, and Natasha is Natasha trains very, very hard, very, very in, in everything. She doesn't eat wrong, she doesn't train wrong, she sleeps, she really? massage four times there's nothing she doesn't do. Ticks all the boxes. Ticks every single box and, and you know, a lot of people cut corners, there's no corner yeah. cutting with her yeah, right. Well. Hey, um, so so from you got wrote this weekend, hopefully you dominate and uh, do um so what happens from here? Obviously Hawaii's the big goal. Yes. Um, what's your kind of your plan from here on in for the rest of the okay, season? Yeah, with um, now, this for, for Roth this week I've done um, a lot more speed work so I've yep. tried to do a lot of speed work early in the season just to pick my, my anaerobic threshold up a little bit yep. and then after Roth I'll have uh, you know so I'm a little to be honest I'm a little apprehensive about the back end of Roth because it's probably the, the most underdone endurance wise I've ever been for an Ironman oh, okay. so there is a little bit of apprehension um, but it should be fine and then well, you've got I'm, an endurance base you? I've got an endurance yeah, base yeah. from five years but I thought pick the speed up because my focus is obviously Hawaii yep. and um, and I'll, I'll finish here in, in Rot I'll have a week off in Europe and, and just chill out then I'm meeting my family in, in the USA we're moving to the States for the next five years oh wow for the next five so, years yeah we packed up everything in Australia wow, and, and that's yeah we're gonna big move yeah big move which is exciting because I haven't seen the kids for seven weeks oh wow and my wife how you find that is it hard super hard yeah and that was a lot of the driving force behind let's let's do yeah, this be somewhere I can train and live with you guys yeah exactly yeah. And, and everything for us now is in the northern hemisphere and, and it's too hard to commute 
between Australia yeah, and last yeah. year I went around the world four times. Yeah. And, and so oh, we'll go to we'll go to Santa Barbara, check it out, and see what. Obviously, my wife needs to pick where we're going to live. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she'll she'll find where we're going to live, and and I'll spend we'll spend the summer in Boulder training for Hawaii, do a lot of endurance base, and then look forward to having a, a solid solid race in Hawaii. And I think. A lot of big players that weren't there last year that are going to be back this year. Simbal, who was very successful in New Zealand, yep. he's he's. You know, I always say everyone always talks about the players in a race, but when you really look at a, at a race, there's a lot of people that may not win the race, but can change the shape of an event just by the way they race. People like you know Bjorn Anderson and his, his spectacular yeah. bike riding, and they open open gaps on people that or, or make things more difficult in, in parts of a race that mightn't have been difficult before. And, and Simbal is. Definitely one of those guys who um, who will play a very very integral role in this year's event. I think he, he swims very very well. He's spectacular on the bike, and uh, you know he, he, his run might be good enough to win. But I, I I'm convinced his his effects on this year's race will huge. Be, be huge. Yeah. One thing we um you know like most yeah, the general Ironman you know we go into the race and we think okay well we've got this goal and this is what we have to do to do it. Now, we don't race as such. Well, the general, you know, most of our listeners don't race as such. You know, yes. like it's not that we need to make decisions that are really risky in the race. Yes. For you, it's obviously how do you calculate what to do and what not to do in a race? It's, it's, it's basic racing. Because it's really risky, isn't it? Yeah, it's very risky. And that's why I've said, I think I said it before, I'm not sure. In, in, when you're racing in Ironman, there's, at the pointy end, there's a huge margin of error. And that's why you see a lot of these pros and they, some of them get a lot of a very hard time for oh he didn't finish but the, the, there's such a fine line between absolute explosion yeah. and, and 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 having the most glorious day of your life yeah and and that's why I think last year when when this animosity with Norman and myself it was the first time in my career where I've with a race and my wife will verify this and so will Mick and, and my father that I've sat down and was ecstatic with my second place and that's why it hurts so much when they yeah. attack me because that was a big step for me because in, in the past second was absolute yep. sheer failure yep. for in, in my in my life, and I was I won my second place there last year because at the ten mile mark of that marathon, I was prepared to pay the ultimate price and that was not finished and I yep. threw it all out and said you know what, I want to have a shot at the title yep. and, and I had a shot and I wasn't good enough seventy one seconds short and I could happily and I happily shook Norman Staler's hand and the yep. first thing I said to him when I crossed the line was congratulations mate, you're you're a superstar. Mm-hmm. Boom ended up in the medical tent. And and when I sat there and pondered, I thought there was nothing else I could have done on that day to beat that guy. Yeah. So I have to live with that. And I was ecstatic. And then they attacked me. It's like, mate, you know what? You had a good day. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you, know, like, yeah, you had a good day. Just live with it. And 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 that was for me a, a very very big learning curve in the sense that I took a chance, and and it, it was it was a glorious day. It wasn't the first place result I yeah. wanted, but it was a result. But you know, you gave I gave it everything I got, day. and that's. And that's all I think anyone can do, whether you're racing, at, if, if you're looking at, at improving times or looking to push yourself, just be prepared. If you make the decision that you're prepared to, don't ever doubt a decision you make. It's yeah. when you start going, oh, should I go now? Or, or what, what if I made the wrong just decision? Trust, it. trust your decision. Trust your instincts because it's your instincts that will, will, will get you when, you when you're suffering. It's your instincts that will, will get you home. Yeah. And, and, uh, and if, you've trust, if you've made the decision purely off instinct in the beginning, then there'll be no doubt that you've made the wrong decision when, when the time comes, it becomes ugly. Because it's going to get ugly. Yep. Just um, lastly, um, obviously most of our listeners aren't you know, as fast as you are, yeah. <laughs> if only. Um, what's some advice you do give to age group athletes? For, for a, lot of, a lot of the guys I'm working with at home or a lot of people who used to come from my shop and I'd help program for, 
first and foremost is don't get you know don't get so caught up in 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 the the enormity of the of the task you yep. know it's 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 an enormous enormous thing in Ironman but it's it's achievable yep. you know and, and it's it's been done by thousands of people around the world it's yep. achievable so first and foremost make it put it into chewable chunks that you can you can understand so you can sit there and go okay I've got to swim 3.8 kilometres I've done that in the pool many times it's three 1,000 metre efforts and, a, and an 800 I can do that you know make things set smaller goals and make it very very much achievable and um, don't get caught up in what your other friend hearing what your other friend's training is because it's amazing everybody's doing amazing things and you always and it happens in the pros it happens in every sport you always feel like you're the one not doing enough because yep. everyone oh, so Joe Blow did 700, 700 miles last <laughs> yeah, week yeah. And, and Fred rode five times up the mountain and you start thinking geez am I doing enough yep. I, I say whoever your coach or your team is have 100% faith if that's who you're picking to take you to your Ironman don't ever question it yep. have follow the path to the finish and that's yep. them and trust them if you don't trust them in the then don't pick them at the beginning. Yep. Pick your person, don't, and that's your path. And when you have trust in that, I think you'll you'll see results. And 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 lastly, enjoy the day. You know, everyone gets um, you know, like I always say, my first, I used to have this thing when my first couple of Ironmans, I always walked the finish shoot because I thought, man, I've just suffered for eight and a half yep. hours. Enjoy I want to enjoy every single second of this. And and I think a lot of people get so uptight and so nervous on their first race that they 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 lose the enjoyment they forget yeah. to enjoy themselves yeah. so I say just remember that it was your choice to do the event yep. it's going to be very very tough you're going you're gonna to go through things that you never thought you could but that's that's why you're doing the race enjoy the feelings that you're having because yep. you, you'll grow as a person after it nice cool hey I just want to say my battery's starting to run now so I've got to wrap it up but I uh, just want to say thank you very much for your time today um, you're a great interview you're just so open I really appreciate the, uh, the oh, right. openness of you and uh, just good luck with Rote um, cheers you know, bring it on I'm sure you'll do really well and good luck for the rest of the season with your Hawaii I know it's a big race for you and I know the whole world seems to be watching and yeah. uh, <laughs> um, so and I'm sure lots of our, our listeners will be supporting you along the way and uh, so yeah just thanks and uh, good luck this weekend right. no worries right, thanks man we're just we're finished the interview, but Mac I just said something brilliant, and I want to hear. Say it again, mate. The guy who won the two hundred thousand. Oh, the guy I was just saying that the I was looking at your computer and you showed the results of the two hundred thousand race, Des Moines race, yeah. and, and Rasmus Henning, who's a, a Danish guy, he's, he trains a lot with Sinbal. Yeah, he impresses me. That, that really. Kid. He, so when he comes to Ironman, we're in we're in big trouble. He's he's definitely one of the guys that when he comes to Ironman, I'll be very 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 worried. He's capable of of anything in Ironman racing. Really. Hopefully I'm well and truly out of like <laughs> that. But he is um, just phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, and and, pheno- and I've spent a lot of time with him on the short course circuit, and I've really followed him because he really impressed me. As I was sort of getting out, he came in as a swimmer, and a lot of the times back then when I was riding exceptionally well, I'd see this kid come over the top of me on the bike. Like, Geez, you got some bike strength as well, and, yeah. and he's really developed his run to be, you know, one of, running against guys like Gomez and Carterfelt, and they, they can run, and uh, he's matching it with those guys, so. Watch out, world. Very, very dangerous. He has no weaknesses, and he has a huge uh, aerobic base. Uh, uh, he, he did an Ironman um, a few years ago as a training day in, in Denmark. I was there to watch it in Sweden with Jonas Kolting, and and um, he, he did like eight. He got he finished behind Sandvang, and he was training. He had training wheels on, and he did like eight thirty-five. And he uh. was. I remember thinking, "Geez, I'd never done an Ironman at that point." And I thought, "Mate," and now I've done a few, and knowing where this guy's coming from, he's. One to watch out for. One to watch out for in the future. Anyway, hopefully, hopefully he chases a couple more Olympics and I'm well and truly done. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Anyway, that's a little extra tidbit for you guys. There we go. Thanks, Mecca.
It's pretty interesting actually listening to it now after he's actually gone and won Hawaii. Uh, it's pretty good insight into the, the man that is Mecca. Anyway, today's the Ironman Talk has apparently been brought to you by Athlinks and get on there and it's probably a good time of a lot of races for us Kiwis and Australians and all that happening at the moment to actually get on there and put in your results. Make sure you show all your mates off how well you've been doing and if you've kind of beaten them, make sure you put them into rivals. We've also got Coffees of Hawaii, coffeesofhawaii.com. Uh, now is probably a good time to buy some good coffee. It's a stressful time of the year. You've got all the shopping. You've got all that crazy stuff to have get have to get done. So now you want to buy some good strong coffee from Coffees of Hawaii, so you can sit down, get a bit of that energy into your system, and enjoy the festive season. Lastly, remember, try buys have free international shipping until the end of 2007. Now, this is a really great deal. You know, like if you think about a shipping on something like a bike or a big ticket, big ticket item, I should say, um, you would, you know, it's huge money. So, you know, really just get and take advantage of this. Make sure you tell all your friends because it's just such a great deal. So our three sponsors are Athlinks.com, Ironman Talk, Oh, no, it's not. It's coffeesofhawaii.com and lastly, trybuys.com. That's pretty much this week's show. Uh, just one thing, I'd love you to go on to the blog where there seems to be the Mecca interview was definitely the clear winner as in one interview we should put up. It seems to be a few names floating around for the second interview. So if you want to make it a little bit clearer, go on our blog and put that on there and then uh, I'll get that up for next week's show. You guys have a great new year. Look forward to meeting or talking to you in 2008. And that's pretty much our show for today. So, I'm Russ. I'm in. Don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.